Warning, you are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in flames, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We up in flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, we up in flames, hold on, uh, check this go. We up in flames, yeah, uh, we up in, uh, yeah, yeah, we up in flames, yeah, Woo. We up in, uh, yeah, we up in flames, we up in flames. Welcome everyone to another edition of Up in Flames here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. I have a loaded panel for you guys today. It is Off the Ball Network Mondays here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. And I got two familiar faces that you would you have heard before me and you're going to listen to after me. And then we have another guy, a very key contributor to the Off the Ball Network. So we'll start with him. I got my guy Jelani from the What the Game Means to Me podcast. Here on Up in Flames, Jelani, what's going on, bro? Nothing much, man. Just glad to be on another episode of Up in Flames. Um, well, I was about to say making my uh, Dash Radio debut, but I think I might have just did it with Steven. Just got off a wonderful show with him. If you guys listened before, I know you guys are listening afterwards. But just looking forward to speaking free agency with you guys and um, looking forward to the show today. Yeah, 100%. Jelani, it's actually been a while since... I've had you on Up in Flames, so, so to ultimately bring you back here, it puts you on Dash Radio is obviously an honor on my end. And then y'all just heard from him, you know, the the star stellar host of Breaking the Game, my guy, Stephen Gillespie. Stephen, what's going on, bro? Man, Mo, uh, thank you for the introduction. Anytime that our paths, you know, cross, dude, whether it be in the group chat, shout out to the group chat, or here on Up in Flames or on my pod, Breaking the Game, it's always an honor and a pleasure. Um, much love to you and what you're doing for the brand, what you're doing for the Nothing But Net channel here on Dash Radio. And, you know, I, I got to run my two days here today. So, you know, hopefully by the end of the show, uh, you know, I still have my legs underneath me. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's always great to have you on. And then... To bring not only the man with the plan, the pres, the president, El Presidente of the Off the Ball <laughs> Network, but also a guy that if you love what you're hearing here on Up in Flames, you're going to have to continue to listen to from the Off the Ball podcast, but the president of the Off the Ball Network and my guy, my good friend, Chris LeBron. Chris, what's going on, bro? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, it's a pleasure to be with Steven, Jelani, and yourself. So uh, I'm excited to uh, chop it up and, uh, you know, on Off the Ball Mondays. Hey. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like you said, it's it's the Off the Ball Network Monday takeover here on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. So what better to get into it than talk about, let's get into NBA free agency. That is the thing that everybody is concerned about. You had the NBA draft going on, but we got free agency. We see a lot of teams look a lot different, you know, whether they got older, whether they got younger, whether they got deeper. You know, there's so many teams we could evaluate. So I want to go around the horn and give me one, two, three, well, you know, whatever, guys. But first, we're going to talk about free agency winners. So, Jelani, I'm going to start with you. Give me a couple, one, two, three, whatever of your free agency winners after pretty much the first week of free agency. 
Yeah, so for me, I, I don't, I'm not, I was gonna go with the cliche answer. I think Chicago Bulls did a lot of, you know, good things, but honestly, I think the winners were, you know, teams that were able to stay together. Um, we got some Knicks fans on the show. I'm a Hawks fan, uh, Phoenix as well. So I think teams that honestly kept the kept the band together and you know are, are giving it another go this upcoming year definitely are winners in my books. Like for the Knicks, obviously bringing back Burks, New Orleans, Noel's, Taj Gibson. Like you're bringing. You're bringing back one continuity, and you're bringing back guys that you know on the defensive end are going to protect the paint. They also obviously you know getting Mitch Robinson back. Um, for us with the Hawks, we were able to sign John Collins back. He didn't go anywhere. We signed Trey to extension, um, and brought in a little help. I think with Gorgie Dang as well. And then for Phoenix, they um you know were able to bring back Chris Paul, brought back Cameron Payne, even brought in some interior help which they needed help with in the playoffs uh, in Javale McGee on a one year deal. So. Personally, I think winners for me uh, at this point, I know, you know, free agency is truly true over, but, you know, the first few days, the the teams that were able to keep, you know, their continuity, keep and bring back key pieces in order to make another playoff push. Because obviously Knicks were fourth in the uh, East. My Hawks were fifth in the East. Phoenix was second in the uh, Western Conference. So um, and even Utah, I know um, with them, they were able to, you know, bring in, uh, or keep Mike Conley and then bring in a few other guys as well. So just teams that were able to keep their keep the band together, not lose too many key pieces, um, were winners in my book. So especially those three playoff teams that, if healthy, especially Knicks and Hawks wise, if healthy, I think they can definitely make a push and continue to be at the top of the East this upcoming year. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you said the key word for me that Stephen and I had got on another show um, a while back. We talked together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, actually, I think this was on Breaking the Game here on Dash Radio, but we talked about continuity, and that's why we valued the Utah Jazz uh, last season so much and had high expectations for them, is was keeping the band together, coming in, you know, now, granted, it was a shorter offseason, but that that aspect of not having to go into another season, learning chemistry, trying to acclimate new guys into the system, I think it's very key. And, and all those teams, they have a new guy here or there. The Knicks added Evan Fournier. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the Bulls really have a whole new team. Uh, but continuity is the biggest thing because when you make small adjustments here or there to mm-hmm. really good teams, I mean, we talk about the Knicks was a four seed in the Easter Conference. Make a little adjustments here or there. How can we go from four to two or four to three? And that's where you start, you know, making your adjustments. The Jazz obviously being the number one seed in the – Western Conference this past season, they had to look at it like how can we maintain that dominance throughout the regular season and add some pieces that's going to give us some continued success and even, you know, more success in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I agree with all those teams. Obviously, the key thing for Atlanta was, you know, it wasn't necessarily a concern, but locking up Trey Young long term Mm -hmm. and keeping John Collins, that was the biggest thing. A lot of people were looking at the Atlanta Hawks and like how good are they going to be? Um. And it was all based on, you know, yep. whether they kept John Collins or not. So yep. I fully agree with everything you said. But but let me get my guy, Steven. Steven, what are your thoughts? Free agency winners, multiple one, one you want to emphasize. Just who are your winners in this free agency period so far? Well, well I'm going to start off. I'm going to get a little cute, and then I'm going to get a little uncute after this. So my <laughs> cute answer would be everybody involved in this free agency class is a winner right now i'm gonna be like oprah you're a winner you're a winner everybody in the free agency draft class is a winner all right so the reason why is because look over two billion dollars has been spent so far in this free agency period and when you're listening to this it's going to be beyond a week but at the time you know 
after everything we know, it hadn't even been a full week yet, right? And if you look at the average salary for an NBA player in this free agency that has been signed so far, almost $9.5 million annual average salary. That's insane. So everybody that got signed is a winner in my book. All right, so now the time to get uncute. I feel like <laughs> if I went with a different route, you know, that would set Prez up with the obvious take, I'll go ahead and take the bullet for you, Prez. I'll give the obvious answer. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, <laughs> first off, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So even if you don't do anything in free agency, that's big earth-shattering move. You're still a winner, right? You're guaranteed to be in contention for a title. Then you add Russell Westbrook, and this was a dude that got polarizing takes and things like that. I'm just going to go ahead and put my stamp on it. I never wavered. I always believed that the, that they would find a way to make a roster work because these dudes are just too talented. You figure it out later. Granted, Russell Westbrook's contract limited them a lot in our eyes, but if we look at the way that they finished this roster out, one, they were still able to keep Taylor Horton Tucker to mm -hmm. a three-year deal where he's averaging just under $11 million, right? And then we bring in some friends, right? We bring in Wayne Ellington and Trevor Reza, two guys that are over 30 years old. They're kind of specialists, Mo. You and I were talking about that offline. Specialists, mm -hmm. there's still a role for you in the NBA, right? Whether you're a 3 and D or a shooter. They bring in Dwight Howard for his third stint in LA. The second one went pretty well. It got him enough to get a ring. He went on vacation in Philadelphia, comes back to Los Angeles again for a vet men to kind of fill that same role that they missed desperately the year prior to. They bring in Kent Bazemore. They promised him a, a larger role. We'll see what that looks like kind of moving forward. They bring in some young guns. Malik Monk still has a little bit to prove in the NBA. They bring in Kendrick Nunn, who is a part of my NBA player ranking tiers. Uh, I still have him projected to be a super starter. We'll see how that looks moving forward. But then the the biggest name that they added in my eyes is a guy who I still think has a lot of value in this league. That's Carmelo Anthony, the banana boat friend who was almost at one point out of the NBA. Now he's has his chance at a ring after not really getting the opportunity to do so, being the best player on a couple really, really good teams. Now he has an opportunity to get himself a ring with his good friend LeBron James. Obviously, and look, Frank Vogel just got extended to a contract. So everything that LA is doing, you know, excuse the pun, but it's it's turning to gold here. We'll see if the Kings Midas touch works in LA. I'm not the big fan of the team. I'm not a LeBron James hater or a lover. I'm unbiased in my take, but I'm excited to see what he does with a roster that doesn't really look like anything we've ever seen him have before. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And so I just, you know, before we pass it to the press, I just want to hit on one thing. And it's a message to Car Carmelo Anthony. About damn time. This is what, about the fourth, fifth year in a row? We've been waiting on Carmelo to join LeBron James. Like, like there's been opportunities in the past four to five years. And even throughout, you know, there, there's been guys who actually have tried to kill LeBron James for – him being the ultimate reason that Carmelo Anthony don't have a spot in the NBA. You know, that like, hey, it, why is LeBron not bringing his guy here? You know, year one with the Lakers, let alone year two when they traded for Anthony Davis and ultimately won the championship. We expected Carmelo to be there, and he ultimately ended up in Portland. So there's, a, there's been a lot of times where we thought the Banana Boat crew was going to join together. We thought there was a time, you know, last season when, when Chris Paul was looking to leave OKC. We just assume, like, oh, here it goes. Chris Paul's joining the Lakers. Like, mm -hmm. he's going to get with him, and then we're going to expect to see, you know, Carmelo Anthony and free agency. 
to join the Lakers. And, we're, you know, there were even the jokes about D-Wade going to come out of retirement to ultimately get the Banana Boat crew together in, in L.A. And then, you know, even this year, like, as much as we didn't think it was possible because of the success Chris Paul had in Phoenix, there was still that slight, like, do they have an interest in getting together? Does Chris Paul, and we see, you know, with, with the Lakers actually being able to trade, you know, for Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul wouldn't have really had, in the sign and trade, wouldn't have had to take much of a pay cut. He's getting $30 million over the next four years, $30 million a year over the next four years. So, you know, there was always that hope that maybe, I don't know if we wanted the Banana Boat crew to get together or it was just the possibility that we're surprised that they haven't in, in, you know, the new era of player movement, stars linking up, LeBron, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, bring D-Wade out of retirement. That would just make for, you know, a heck of a, Another movie for LeBron James to follow up after being in Space Jam 2, A New Legacy, <laughs> you know, bringing the Banana Boat crew together in L.A. and Hollywood. <laughs> so that would be something to think about. But, Chris, free agency winners, who were guys, you, who were who teams, players, what players, what teams won coming out of free agency? Um, Like like Jelani mentioned before, Chicago really had a, a – I really like what they did. You know, uh, I know people thought maybe they overpaid for DeRozan, but you got someone who's a secondary ball handler, can create, and is super efficient. So uh, I don't know why people are, you know, you know, uh, criticizing, you know, the DeRozan signing. Getting Lonzo Ball, who's a young player, who's who got a lot better with his shooting. He is a, an excellent defender, and hopefully they use him the correct way and put him at the point and not try to make him a wing or whatever. Cause that didn't make no damn sense what New Orleans <laughs> is doing, but uh, you know, New Orleans clearly doesn't know what they're doing as you know, with all their moves is off season. It's like, they don't care that they, uh, that Zion's on the team and you know, they're not making him happy, but adding Alex Caruso. Um, I think that's a bigger loss for LA than we think because um, what his ability to do as a defender on the wing, I think that's going to be a big loss for LA. I know they got a bunch of star power there, but, you know, they're going to definitely miss his defense, and uh, that's definitely going to hurt them. But, I, I, you know, adding Tony Bradley, too, as a backup center, you know, uh, on a one-year deal is, isn't too bad either. So I liked what Chicago did. They got better. Like, they improved their roster. You know, they, they're trying to make a playoff push. You know, they started that with getting Vooch last year, and obviously they had injuries and COVID and all that stuff, but they're, they're trying to improve their roster, you know, the best way they can. So I can't get mad at them for going for it, you know. Uh, um, but another winner is point guards over 32 years old. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> just looking at what you got CP3 got what four for a 120. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry got three for 85. Mike Conley's 33. He got three for 72 Derrick Rose got three for 43 so those are winners too because uh, you know it don't matter how old you are apparently if you're a point guard and you know how to pass you're going to get the bag so point guards over there uh over 32 got paid and also the extension guys guys who got you know KD was just to uh this weekend he got mm -hmm. what, 194 um, I expect more guys on that team to get extensions as, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that big three is going to be a very expensive big three. But <laughs> in order to keep that, you know, Steph got, what, $3,000 million or whatever he got. Basically. $3,000 You know, I don't even know if it's a real number, but that's what he got. I think it broke down to a million. 
I think it's yeah. like a jillion. A jillion, that was it. <laughs> That's the all they gave man. Steph was a jillion. A jillion dollars, you know, <laughs> SGA. You know what's crazy with the SGA one is that's why, like, we can't believe anything anymore because yeah. <laughs> the whole yeah. offseason was, well, they're trading SGA. They they don't think he's they don't the future. Pay him. No, they but it wasn't. Might. They they don't want to pay him. Oh, he's not a part of the future as if he was old, like he's 22 yeah. years old. Like, I didn't get that part. Like, you could tell me you don't want to pay him, but you can't tell me he's not a part of the future when he's 22 like, years old. Yeah. Like, I, I that was the one that was ridiculous. I mean, how young do you want to be? You want to be 19, average age is 19. <laughs> so, you know, he him getting paid like against Katie, college teams. Yeah, and uh, Julius Randle getting paid, you know, uh, taking less. I mean, uh, he's been, you know, yep. we we seen guys who have declined extensions, and we were, and uh, you know, even guys like Isaiah Thomas and Demarcus Guns who have declined extensions, and we see how their career has gone. Mm-hmm. Randle kind of maybe maybe that influenced him, and like, okay, I believe I I could get more, but there's no guarantee that. You know it's going to be there you know injuries can happen right that's a real thing and as we've seen these last mm-hmm. two years injuries have you know definitely been a big part of the season so extension guys point guards over 32 and the chicago bulls those are my winners right now hey, can yeah. i just real quick i just found something real quick no i'm sorry yep did you guys know that reggie jackson is only a year younger than derrick rose and only two years younger than mike Connolly jr yeah, what is he? Twenty nine. He's thirty. He's thirty one. Thirty one. That's it. but there's certain guys that skip past the cracks of like what their age is, mm-hmm. just because they haven't been relevant as long as Mike Conley or or Derrick Rose. Like you know, Reggie Jackson wasn't like a key piece coming out of college where you're like, oh, we know his name. Where you know, like Mike Conley coming out of Ohio State was like they just competed for a national championship and lost. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose was like he just came out of Memphis. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was John Calipari. Like, what was that? One of yep. his last year or two yep. in Memphis before he moved on to Kentucky. And, you know, yep. you had you had uh, that was the team with Joey Dorsey, Joey Dorsey uh, Derek Rose and Chris Douglas Roberts. Yeah, who I get a lot of flack for, but I think Chris I Douglas Roberts, I get a lot of flack for, but I think Chris Douglas Roberts was the best player on that team that year. But clearly, because he didn't have the best NBA career, I get a lot of what? Flack for that. Yes, Derek I do Rose think was the best player on that. No, team. I think Douglas Roberts about? was. But see that's you. a conversation yep. Sorry, for another bad. time because I see I got Chris riled up. So now I'm about to get Chris riled up again, uh, and I'm going to talk about the biggest free agency losers. He him riled up again i feel like we might be on this topic a while and it's okay and everybody (laughs) in the room might disagree with me but i have i have my reasoning so just bear with me so free agency losers there's a few of them i'm gonna go first without getting attacked i'm gonna go my miami heat because Mm. who they picked the miami heat look good for next season but when we talk about the future of the, the franchise, they're not in a win-now mode where they made moves to be a championship team, and they're not in a in, they're not in a mode where they decided to think about the future and make certain moves to open up cap space. And so ultimately, the Heat look good for next season. I don't think they look great for any time beyond that. So whatever success they get next season, I think that'll be the cap of success that Miami gets unless some of their assets that are on the team currently – make greater value, and they're able to make a trade for unhappy star. So I think they're a loser. Not that I don't love Kyle Lowry, but I don't love paying Kyle Lowry at age 38, $30 million, <laughs> or almost $30 million. 
That's what I don't love about it. I don't love that. I, I like that we kept, you know, Oladipo, but I don't love the fact that we kept him in hopes that he stays healthy so we can keep him on a big long-term deal. That's ultimately what Miami did. So they mm-hmm. own the rights to him and hopefully he can keep him. Hopefully he has a healthy year and then we end up paying and he gets hurt again. So now I talked about Miami Heat, my Miami Heat, and I think they're one of the losers as good as I think they will be going into next season. Anything beyond that, I'm not in love with. Now I'm going to get Chris riled up. And I'm going to say one of the biggest losers is Julius Randle. And here's why. I'm going to tell you why. I understand he wasn't a free agent, but he was he he is he wasn't a free agent, but ultimately Julius Randle could have signed of an, an extension. I think he should have waited one more year. He said I'm going to take a pay cut. I don't believe in guys taking pay cuts. That's where I'm going to start off with. I don't believe in any player taking pay cuts. Because you know what? A player's job is what? To play the game of basketball and worry about on the court stuff. It is not Julius Randle's job to worry about what Leon Rose in the New York Knicks front office does to create a winning team. That's why I say that. Julius Randle got paid, but I think he shorted himself some money. We know if he didn't sign this extension, he waited till next year, he'd be eligible for 200 plus. He showed himself, what, $40 million overall in the whole contract? I think he got like 170 Yeah, like, I don't yeah, love that. And the, the reason why I don't love that is because, bro, you could have been a one season. Now I get it. You jumped the gun because what if I get injured? Well, if every player thought about what if I get injured every time they're about to come into a big contract, then Steph Curry would have re-signed a lot early. LeBron James would have re-signed a lot early. I know Chris loves this Julius Randle contract because it locks him up for the next, what, four-plus years at a good price that the Knicks can build a winning organization and build winning culture around Julius Randle. I don't love this for Julius Randle, and, and I'll let y'all weigh in, but the reason I say I don't believe in players, especially all-star and all-NBA players, taking pay cuts for the simple fact their job is to go out there and create value. And Julius Randle created his value where if he played one more year, he'd be worth $200 million plus. And instead, he signed for a team-friendly deal, and that's not his job. When players start worrying about the business of the organization, I think that's when they take the L's because your job is to go out there, win games, play basketball, not worry about how your general manager and your owner can create a winning organization. That's what they get paid to do. You get paid to play basketball at the highest level. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Why do you disagree that Julius Randle was a loser <laughs> in this free agency? I just mentioned before, right? Isaiah Thomas, DeMarcus Cousins. But look, we're seeing right now Dennis Schroeder bet on themselves and then now work out. So if you're Julius Randle, first of all, he wasn't going to get $200 million. That's, that's, no, that, he was not getting that. So... <laughs> He took it. He took one seventeen. He was not. He was not getting two hundred million. The Knicks were not going. Even if he was going to get one eighty, he took one seventeen. He would have been eligible for two hundred, so he could have took a pay cut at one eighty. He took one seventeen, bro. That's a significant pay cut. That's big. That's a lot. But he took the money because if because you know you would say let's say next year that's God forbid he gets hurt. And he didn't take it. You'll be like, well, why didn't he take the money? Like, and everyone the same way they get it on Schroeder for not taking the bag for fade for 
people will be saying the same thing. So Schroeder I don't get why that's formed. Schroeder underperformed. He and, didn't and get Julius, hurt. He bet Julius on himself. Randall, he didn't hold Julius up to Randall, his standards. But Julius Randle could be in the same boat where he can underperform and then – you know, then well, that why do you think about there. that coming off of all NBA season? Like if I'm Julius Randle, why am I like, does that not, and I don't let you answer this, but does that not t- attest to the confidence you have in yourself where like, okay, I understand the injury aspect, but if it's, well, what if I become Dennis Schroeder and underperform what I should earn to get paid because I didn't play as great. So I'm going to take less money. Th- then to me, that speaks on the confidence in yourself. Right or wrong, like Dennis no. Schroeder bet on himself, isn't going to get paid because. But Dennis Schroeder overvalued himself. With if Julius Randle was like, I'm going to play on my player option this year. I'm going to go out there. I'm coming off an of All NBA season. I can repeat that, and then he goes year like he's not going to get 200 million, but he gets 185. But he said, I took a team friendly because the words that came out of Randle's mouth uh, allegedly yeah, reports is. He took a team-friendly deal so that they could t- can continue to build on a winning organization what, and winning culture. What's wrong with that? That is though? not his job. But, That's not but, his job. But, but what is wrong with that for him taking That's less? not his job. Like, yeah. for me, it, though, but, I don't but, love but, it no, because no, it's not his, not his job. He's a loser. Play. It's not. As can a player, I, it's I, not your job to worry about what the GM and the owner can make. Go ahead, Steven. Chris, tag me in. Tag me in. <laughs> Mo, I hear what you're saying. Chris, can I tell you why this is so funny to me? Because Mo Murphy just said that it's not the player's job to worry about who the GM puts around him. <laughs> Mo, who who's your favorite player in the NBA right now? Exactly, right. Right now? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. We know who's favorite player. <laughs> no, no, no. My favorite who's player your... of all time is Dwayne Wade. Okay. Who's My favorite player in the league right now is LeBron James. Is, is LeBron James. Did he take a pay cut? Did he is he concerned about who the team that's put around him is? He ain't take less money to do so. Uh, said, no, 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 no. Hang on. Is he is he is he worried about the player the team that is built around him though? Yes, but not at the expense of his money. No, and I agree with you, which is why, mm-hmm. like you know, all jokes aside, I thought it I just thought it was funny because <laughs> you're right. He doesn't take his pay cut. You know, he's gonna get his money and rightfully so. And 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 Mo to I do agree with you that a player, if he so chooses, should get every single penny that he should get from an NBA organization. I just thought it was funny because you said that it's not the player's job to worry about the team yeah. that's put around him. And, <laughs> just and, to just to put aspect just to put aspect on you saying that is I've also I've had conversations but my pops, he think guys like of the, the LeBron and Steph caliber should take pay cuts because they make plenty of money. And I'm like, no, Steph should not take a pay cut to acquire anybody. I don't think LeBron should. I don't think I don't think any all NBA or superstar player should take any less. It's not up to Dame to take less money to see what Portland can build around him. And I think Julius Randle, even after one great season, I get it. Like, oh, he hasn't shown enough to really put $200 million into him. But coming off of all-NBA season, I think you should bet on yourself and you should take as much money as possible because you know what's not, you know what you can guarantee? Your performance on the floor. You know what you can't guarantee? A championship. 
So I think yeah. Julius Randle can perform that. He can hold up to a $200 million standard. But you know what he can't guarantee? The fact that Leon Rose and the rest of the organization is not the knock on the Knicks. Any player can't guarantee that the organization makes the right moves to build a championship team. But Julius Randle can guarantee that he does enough to earn his $200 million. I don't think he's the biggest loser, but I think any player that takes a pay cut, especially in the prime of their career, like if Julius Randle was outside of his prime, it'd be different. Bro, this is the first big bag he was talking about getting, and he shorted himself a lot of money by taking the money early. That's why I feel that way about Julius Randle. I don't think any all-NBA level players should take a pay cut in their prime to say, well, I want to give the the I want to give the front office flexibility. That's but that's their also, job. You're right. You're right. And and listen, I respect your that aspect of it. That's why I kind of let it off with the, you know, if they so choose. Like we also shouldn't <laughs> knock the guy because maybe this yeah, is yeah, the, it's, him it's, showing the team loyalty because Chris, you know, Julius Randle was in LA was given a chance to be the the young dude to lead the team, but Kobe was still there, right? So he kind of was like the dude waiting in the wings. They ultimately traded him away. He ends up getting to New Orleans and has a big role for them. But then, it, but that's Anthony Davis's team. Then he gets to New York and they give him, hey, look, we're going to put you in a spot to where, you know, and I've been critical about this. We've seen what Julius Randle has done before, just not as blown up as what it was in New York, right? But they give Julius Randle the role to be not only just the best player, but also a playmaker, like the playmaker on the team, right? So New York, and we've seen this with Tibbs before with certain players, dudes will do whatever it takes to play alongside Tibbs because they he puts them in positions to where they can get the most out of themselves. And I think that's what Julius Randle was doing because New York put him in a position that probably no other organization in the NBA would have and out of the love and respect that they gave him, I think that that's where this team-friendly contract came from. Yeah, I get that. But I'm just <laughs> – it's nothing against the Knicks. Like, I'm not killing sure. the Knicks. Bro, they did what they had to do. They got they got him for a steal, just, in yeah, my opinion. For the I think Julius Randle was worth more than that. So, like, me saying this, I don't want anybody construed that this is a knock on the New York Knicks or Julius Randle. The Knicks right. did what they had to do. They got – to mm-hmm. me, they got him on a steal of a mm-hmm. price. And I think Julius Randle sold himself short just because, like, you know, and even Chris is like, oh, the Knicks weren't going <laughs> to give him 200 mil. But, like, had he made that decision that I'm not going to sign for less money to allow you, and he said, I'm going to try and I'm going to go out there and make all NBA again, and I'm going to show I'm worth 200 mil, and the Knicks don't give it to him, then guess what? He walks. So, like, you also sometimes end up overpaying for players when they bet on themselves, and you're like, you know what? You worth 180, but you ain't worth 200 that we can give you while I'm going to walk. That also happens. So, like, you know, I just for me, Julius Randle, I'm not, it's not that he was flat out a loser. I don't think the Knicks were the loser in the deal. I think it was a great bargain for the Knicks. But I just I don't love to see any type of all NBA players. And it just happened to be Julius Randle was the one that took the pay cut. Trey Young can, got all the money he that aspect of it. Trey Young got all the money he could get. You know, uh uh SGA got all the money, you know, the max contract extension he could sign. Why should, why should Julius Randle not do the same thing? Trey Young did it on a team that just came off the Easter Conference Finals. You know, uh, SGA doing it on a team that looked like they ain't got no chance of winning <laughs> no matter what they decide to do. So they not trying to win, bro. And the Knicks were a good team. They were a really good team. They weren't a championship team, but they coming off the, what, the fourth seed of the Easter mm-hmm. Conference? Like, they were a good team. 
So therefore, you still and we see my my biggest thing of why I say that. Look at the Nets. Look at the Lakers. Look at what? Uh, look at the Warriors, bro. Look at how many max contracts they have on their team, and they still Milwaukee. build winning teams. Mm-hmm. Why is one max contract in Julius Randle gonna stop the Knicks from winning games and building a winning organization? Unless just Knicks Nation don't 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 find Julius Randle worth. Had he bet on himself, oh, he's not worth that. They paid him what he's worth. But I just look at, bro, all these winning teams have multiple max contracts. So why would Julius Randle short himself when there ain't another max contract player on that team? He could have got paid, and other guys around him still could get paid, and they could build a winning organization. But I'm going to shoot it to you, Jelani, mm-hmm. uh, before we shoot it around the room. Biggest losers of free agency. Yeah. I, real quick, I just want it, it's pretty funny just to see Chris's facial expressions on this for sure. I know <laughs> hey, everyone's no, listening right. in. No, he's definitely not right, but <laughs> I have a point. You bring up, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I definitely see the point because, like you just said, like, well, I see I see both sides to it, but I am a little bit more in agreement with you, Mo, just because, like, I don't see why it, it surprised me when I seen the news of how little it was because of him just coming off of most improved All-NBA season. Like, yes, he did get injured, but that was, like, his rookie season when he broke his foot. It's just, like, like – and just him, him being in New York, they don't have any other max-type players, really, that they're looking forward to paying at any point in the near future. Maybe RJ in a year or two, but still, that's some, some time. And, you know, you're in New York. You got money to spend. But, like you said, I can understand why he did it in a way – the same thing Steven said, you know, just, you know, a team that gave him a chance. He's probably now the, the face – you know, maybe him and RJ go back and or they're one and two, obviously. But it just was a little shocking for him to see for like everyone else for 178, for 184, Julius Randle for 117. I'm like, whoa. So I, I it, that's just it was just a little shocking. But losers wise to move on. Um, there's a few losers I got and I would just try to keep it short. But um, for me. Boston, in a way, is a loser just because, I mean, I don't know, expect, I don't really know what I expected them to do in free agency, but just to see them do nothing, just to see where they've come from the last two, three years, like from when they had Kyrie to, oh, they got Kemba now, and like, you know, them being regarded as possibly one top three teams in the East to now we have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who's, you know, injury, a lot injury prone, but did have a lot of nagging injuries this past season. Marcus Smart, who they don't know if they want to keep or not, got rid of Tristan. We sent off, I think, Dunn and Bruno Fernando, our castaways over to them. And, you know, they lost Evan Fournette to the Knicks. So it's like, I don't really know what their direction is anymore. They didn't really sign anybody prominent, I believe. There Obviously, there was rumors of Dennis Schroeder possibly going there, but how much does he really even help, you know, get you back in you know one through five maybe in the east um so just them i don't really know the direction anymore it's just just kind of weird and then um uh, you know the obvious answer i think is you know new orleans when when zion williams says brandon ingram i and lonzo ball have a great relationship and you don't keep lonzo ball and don't even match the type of money that they gave him we only uh, what signed for like maybe 21 mil annually um you know, yeah, 21. And then, yep. Yeah. Like 21, 21 or tw- yeah. 21. Um, 21. And then you bring in guys. 21, I know. 21, right. 21. <laughs> and bring in, and bring in guys like Gary Temple and, you know, Zataransky, tra- you know, traded for Valachunas, who I like as a center, but it's just like, you didn't really bring in pieces. That's going to really make you make Zion kind of want to stay past you know, whatever his rookie scale deal is. So it's like, they need to find something quick. You know, I don't know if it'd be within a trade and they still also obviously have to think about Brandon Ingram as well. Like he's, 
you know, another big name guy that they got on the squad as well. So both teams that just feel like they don't really have no direction, in my opinion. I know they brought in Devontae Graham, solid guard, but I think I probably would have wanted Lonzo over him, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I like the Devontae Graham move, but like you said, when you're trying to keep Zion happy, when there's been reports that he's unhappy in New Orleans and, you know, he might bounce at the first chance he get, which mm-hmm. ultimately means that last year of his rookie contract, if he has no intentions of re-signing, you're going to have to trade him for the best value you could get. And, you know, don't let it come out of New Orleans that Zion is not re-signing with New Orleans regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Then his value for trade goes down because teams know, well, I'm not going to give up everything I got because I could just get competitive in the free agency market. I could offer, you know, whatever, you know, an, whatever another team can offer. Because outside mm-hmm. of New Orleans, every team who has cap space can offer the same amount, you know, the same type of contract. Yeah. So I think that's a sticky situation in New Orleans. And like you said, in Boston, I just expected some type of improvement. We've seen changes in the front office, coaching change. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad Stevens moves up into the front office. So I expected a little bit of like, okay, Boston looking to do something, you know. Um, and it seemed like there were they were rumored that maybe Dame, if he wanted out, could be there, and maybe Bradley mm-hmm. Bill, if he wanted out, could be there. Like there was rumors of like Boston would be interested in those players, but like to put your eggs in a basket of a trade package, mm-hmm. I'm never a big fan on that because all it takes is one team now bid you and boom. Like, yep. you missed out on everything that you planned on for the next season. But, Steven, biggest losers. Well, I mean, Jelani touched on a couple of really good ones. Uh, in, in my opinion, uh, Dallas. You know, for a lot of the same reasons why you guys are bringing up New Orleans, you got Luka out here just, you know, being an Olympian wonder boy, you know, almost <laughs> undefeated throughout his entire young Olympian career. Obviously just took an L um, at the hands of France. But, I mean, they kept – Tim Hardaway Jr. and they actually kept him on a reasonable deal, you know, eighteen and a half million dollars, which is fine, you know. Um, if if they lose him, they're losing their second best scorer right now off the wing. You know, Kristaps Porzingis, you still got to figure things out there. They signed Reggie Bullock, who, you know, he he's a fine player. He's not a needle mover for me on 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 Dallas right now. Mm-hmm. They got Sterling Brown again, another fine player. Our our buddy Urson at the Off the Ball Network wrote a. a a fantastic piece on him um but for dallas i don't think that it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense to bring him in although it was on a, a fairly small deal and then you just saw kind of piddly little things you know they kept boban marjanovic which i'm not going to pick that apart because he's going to be their 13th to 15th man on their roster <laughs> but when, when you look at this free agency class especially when you look at guys who went at, at the prices that they went I find it I find it hard to believe that you couldn't attract a, a player to play alongside Luca, and if you can't, what does that say about the league's perception of his play style right now? I mean, you got mm-hmm. we a lot of the same. He mirrors kind of a lot of of James Harden and his playing style, right? But the thing is, is that James Harden, growing up in the U.S., grew up with a lot of these guys that are playing now, like your Russell Westbrooks and your Demar Derozan's. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in California, albeit he's not the best he's not the ideal style of player that you want to come play alongside unless you're comfortable being PJ Tucker standing in the corner, hitting open threes. <laughs> Luka Doncic didn't have, doesn't have the benefit of growing up in the States coming over right from, from Europe and being as great as he is and wasn't in Europe. He doesn't have those built-in relationships. The one built-in relationship that he does have is Goran Dragic, right? And both of mm-hmm. those players have made it known that Dallas is where they want to be. 
and yet here we are and and no deal has been made yet there's actually rumors that Gordon could be going up in the Kyle Lowry trade to to mm -hmm. Miami and he may end up in mm -hmm. Toronto so we'll see what happens there but ultimately Dallas I'm very disappointed because either one they're not doing a good Mark Cuban who we know is an aggressive spender and and Dallas is in Texas which Mo you know this this is a tax-free state Mm -hmm. You figured you'd be able to bring in a guy with a with a cachet of a Luka Doncic to come in and kind of be his second fiddle, but the guys that were rumored like a Spencer Dinwiddie is deciding to go play in Washington with Bradley Beal. So a lot of these dudes that you think would be good fits with Luka, either either they're not getting offered a fair enough contract, which I highly doubt, or they're not comfortable with the idea of playing next to Luka Doncic, and that might be something that needs to be addressed as he continues to develop as a player. Yeah, and so just, you know, before we shoot over to Chris, I think Chris is a little upset with me. So, you know, we're going to shoot <laughs> him. time to cool down. Yeah, yeah going to give him a couple more seconds. But I think to your point with Luka, I think Luka is the young version of LeBron. And why I say that, I agree his game type is James Harden. But I say, like, bro, who do you see more join forces with LeBron, the aging veterans? Well, like, I think Luka is too young in his career – to convince them aging veterans to come to Dallas to ultimately try and win a championship. Obviously we know he hasn't had that kind of success yet in the playoffs where some of the aging veterans will be like, you know what? I'd rather go to Dallas and try and win a championship because Dallas hasn't shown they're at championship level yet. And then, like you said, some of these guys in their prime, his counterparts, there might be some who feel like they're better than, or if not, even in a sense, guys who feel like, I'm not going to get the ball enough because what is one thing Luca does? He holds the ball too long sometimes. That's kind of the knock on him. He's too much a part of the uh, too much a part of the offense. Chris Stapps, there's been reports, we don't know how true, but Chris Stapps was a little, you know, jealous of what Luca had going on and he controls too much of the offense. He got the ball in his hands too much of the time. So to your point, Steven, I think maybe just when Luca's 26-27, you know, entering the prime of his career, I think he'll have more of a stake of argument and Dallas will be a bigger destination if he's in Dallas. But up to this point, I think he's just too young and Dallas and him have not showed they're a championship contender enough for some of these guys to ultimately sacrifice anything to go play in Dallas. Because if some of these players go to Dallas, then boom, like they're still what, three, four teams ahead of them in their, in their own conference, let alone if we jump to the East and you still got Milwaukee and Brooklyn, and we don't know what Philly got going, but but you got other teams that might be just as competent at a championship in the conference. So you're talking about competing with seven or eight teams to ultimately try and win a championship. So that's why I think Dallas kind of failed is just Lucas too young to really look at. He's the guy I can link with to win a championship, and he holds the ball a little too much for some of these like all-star player caliber players to be like, yeah, I want to come here, but I'm willing to sacrifice my whole type of game to play alongside Luca, who is yet to be outside of the first round. That's something to factor. Like, you know, he came really close, had let some legendary first round series, mm -hmm. but is yet to be out of the first round of the playoffs. I think even if you look at it, there's an aging veteran who would be look more like I'd rather play with Trey Young in Atlanta, who's coming off of a Easter Conference Finals, a, a shot at a championship, you know, shot at a finals appearance as opposed to Luca. Yeah, as, as as great as Luca's been, he hasn't made it out of the first round yet. He's individually had, you know, one of the first greatest first round performances we've ever seen, but his team has ultimately not had that success. So, Chris, 
Before we move on, biggest losers. Biggest losers is not Julius Randle and taking $117 million. <laughs> that's definitely not a loss. But um, biggest loser is um, teams-wise is the Pelicans and, and the Portland Trailblazers because just doesn't make sense what they're doing. They gave, they gave Powell – the Blazers too. They gave Powell $90 million. <laughs> I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But he's not. Ninety million dollars, good. Like, is he an all-star level player? Like, I, I just don't. I didn't get that at all. It's just, it just feels like they're like, all right. Instead of trying to do everything to make Damian Lillard happy, they're doing the opposite, like, <laughs> like Cody Zeller and just these moves that right. just make no sense. And like, it, it's just, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved quicker than we think or by the deadline because it just doesn't make sense the pelicans don't know what they're doing um like i said the powell deal five years 90 i mean just i I don't get this i and and like even like getting like kyle lowry got three years 85 million dollars like i mean (laughs) i mean he's he's another he's a good player but it's like i mean that's kind of excessive, isn't yeah, his it? Like, age, that is excessive, period. Like, he's not CP3 where you're willing to, you know, CP3 can change the game. I mean, no dis- not discrediting what uh, Kyle Lowry could do, but, um, you know, um, I-, I just didn't get that three years, 85. I mean, he was solid this year, but it wasn't like, yeah, we should give him close to $30 million a year, you know. Uh, but, yeah, some of these contracts, you know, um, this this crazy, but – um. Those, they're definitely the losers. The Pelicans and and even San Antonio too. Uh, San Antonio, they're in like, they're in the they're in the spot that they never thought they would be, and they're in that like the Orlando Magic spot where they're stuck because they have a lot of good players, but they don't have anyone that can really pop. Right? They have mm-hmm. a lot of good Dejounte Murrays and 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 all these. Nice, solid young players, Vassell. They have a lot of good young guys, but will any of them pop? You know, so they're in a tough position where they need to, uh, you know, uh, well, I don't know what the direct, I mean, they, they got uh, McDermott for what, $47 million or whatever. I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean, a lot of money, <laughs> a lot of money for, for, for Dougie McBuckets. I mean, it's still, I still think he's, I mean, he's a solid player, but. Man, San Antonio don't know what they're really doing. I think I think it's the the transition. You know, Pop's gonna be heading out after this year, in my opinion, and he's gonna you know uh, finally you know retire after this year because I just don't see any any uh, this team going anywhere. But yeah, those those three teams um, I have lost, and also Dennis Schroeder. Man, he just <laughs> you know you mentioned with Randall, like take sometimes you have to take the money. You have to take, you you know, betting on yourself. And listen, we all know these are NBA players. They're always going to believe they can make more, right? And, and you like that. But there's also you just have to understand that, you know, hey, there's a chance that, you know, they could be a – it's not like LeBron James. He, he can average a couple less points. He's still going to get his max no matter what. There's certain guys, if you drop off, you're going to go from four from 84 where – and now it's day five and you don't have a deal. So he might yeah. have to sign a one-year, you know, eight – to $10 million deal and have to prove himself again, you know, when yeah. you could have got the bag and, and be good. That's why I, I, I don't, with the Julius round stuff is like, get that money. Cause he could be in the same boat where, you know, he underperforms, 
And now that four years, 117 mil is not there no more. And now you're signing one year deals. And then we've seen it with, with, with DeMarcus Cousins. And he was a, you know, an all-star all NBA player too, right? We mentioned Julius yeah. Randle being all-star NBA. DeMarcus Cousins was the same way. And look at, he, he's, he's not even on a roster right now. And what he'd signed 10 day deals. Like, you know, sometimes you look, got to take that. And he passed up on a lot more money than Julius. I mean, he was close to $200 million. IT, you know, we've seen this. So sometimes you just got to look at that and just like, Hey, I know there might be more, but let me get this now. And, and know I got $20 million coming to me every single year. You know, and then whatever happens, happens in the past. Maybe I can get another contract in three, four years, you know, down the line. But, you know, Dennis Schroeder might have just cost himself a whole lot of money. Now he got to sign a one-year prove-it deal. And, you know, there's no guarantee that, you know, he'll see that he might be on that one-year, every-year trajectory. So sometimes you just got to take the money, man. Yeah, I mean, 100%, you know. Uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, kind of talking about the winners and losers and really talking about the losers. I pissed my guy Chris off, but just, y'all y'all know after this show, like me and my guy Chris, we still click tight. So it doesn't matter. And we'll probably argue a little more after this. So I do want to touch on, I wanted to get on overrated and underrated signings, but what I want to touch on is I'm looking at this list and there's a lot of guys that I think could contribute to these championship contending teams, high caliber playoff teams, second round that are looking for a guy or two to make that push into the conference finals. Like there's a few guys on this list that are still available that have not signed a deal yet. So um, I'm going to give mine first and he may be on everybody's list uh, at some point, but I'm going to give mine first. The guy I'm surprised is still available is JJ Redick. I told Steven this off air. I really can't believe he's the guy who's still available. Uh, we've all had our conversations like Stephen loved to do club plug in the group chat, but we thought JJ to like Brooklyn was almost like book it. Like it just, it just made a lot of sense. Uh, there's been some things we've seen where we expect JJ ready to kind of want to go there. So for him to still, still be available with, you know, a week into free agency teams kind of rounding out what they're going to look like going into next season. And like nobody, at all included J.J. Redick in their plans yet, uh, it kind of surprises me because, like, forget all the other stuff. We talk about specialists. Uh, and like Steven said, bro, he's a three-point specialist. I mean, you put him – I feel like with the Lakers, he fits. I feel like with the Nets, he fits. Uh, to add that other shooter, I mean, you know, God, imagine Joe Harris and J.J. Redick on the wing when Kyrie Irving is in, you know – ISO offensively and can dish to either side for a knockdown three-point shooter. Like, I think it makes all the sense in the world for either of those teams. I think J.J. could could contribute to the Miami Heat. I even think, you know, I think he could play with the Knicks. We talk about knockdown shooters and we talk about, you know, uh, they they signed Fournier, who's a good shooter. But just to have that, clearly at this point, if he's still available, like these aren't expensive guys left ultimately. Mm -hmm. So, you know, J.J. in New York. Just put him on the wing and let him go. Let him, let, let him shoot. You got Derrick Rose. Uh, even in Boston, like just a knockdown shooter of, of J.J.'s caliber, I'm just surprised. And there's a lot of teams, like there's a lot of really good teams that I could find him. Chicago, with all the signings they've made, we, we might knock them on the lack of shooting. Golden State, just to add to the Splash Brothers, <laughs> give them a third Splash Brother. Like, you know, like Steven said, there's a lot. So, you know, before we close out here, Chris, I'll, round, I'll start off with you. Surprise still available. Who just who just ultimately blows your mind that they don't have even a one-year deal yet? 
I know he's restricted, but Josh Hart. Dude, you know, thank uh, you. Yeah. Yeah, Josh Hart. He was on mine, too. He, he's just an all-around solid player. Very good rebounder for his size. You know, I think he, what, was that, like, eight rebounds eight. a game? I think he had, like, a 20-rebound game this year, right? Or something, like, really high for a guy. I think he was, like, one of the shortest players to, like, get, like, 20 rebounds mm-hmm. um, or something like that. It was, you know, he had a, a really impressive year rebounding the ball and all that. Surprise, he's still on there. J.J., you know, I thought the Brooklyn thing, but I, I understand why he might be still because he's he's I think he's supposed to get surgery. I know he was he, he barely played last year for Dallas when he got traded to Dallas. Mm-hmm. So maybe te- teams are just waiting for him and, and he's going to sign for a vet man anyway. So there's no need to rush. You know, he you know, he's probably going to wait till everything the dust clears and. He'll he'll be able to to go on a, a contending team because obviously he's at the stage where you know he's probably going to go, especially stay out east. He's from New York. He lives in New York. He's from lives in the Brooklyn area. So mm-hmm. one of those New York teams definitely would be you know of interest, especially you know Brooklyn. That's where he wanted to go last year. Um, but yeah, I mean like like Harry Giles for me, you know, uh, I've always said you know even going back to Duke. I mean this kid was the number one recruit coming out. of coming out of high school, but blow out his knee in high school, you know, dealing with injuries at Duke. And it's, it just feels like the injury bug is just caught up. And, but I feel like he's only 23. feel like if you get him, get him right. I feel like you can get something there with him. So those are a few guys. I mean, that, um, um, that I think are solid, but Josh Hart, you know, um, I know he's restricted, so that kind of limits what he can do, mm-hmm. but, um, and maybe cause <laughs> it feels like no team has cap no more. Because uh, we've seen all these 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 big deals and then guys resigning and all that, but Josh Hart, I feel like he could contribute to a, a, a playoff team. So I wonder what they'll do in the one. They should just resign him and just and at least uh, fake it that they're trying to be comp- competitive, <laughs> at least right. And you know, because I don't know, like I mentioned before, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But yeah, those are a few guys that I'm still surprised. Yeah, 100. Steven, uh, surprise still available. Any names that stick out to you? Well, I mean, since Chris took my answer, no. Um, <laughs> shout out to Josh Hart, though. I mean, that's that's a great pick, Chris, for real. Um, one guy that I'm surprised is still available. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I really think that he would be a great contributor somewhere is Paul Millsap. You know, he's a guy mm-hmm. that's been around the league for a minute, started off in Utah, went to Atlanta, came to Denver, um, really changed his game. If you look at the way that he came into the NBA, it's just basically a rebounder and, a, and just an above-the-rim threat. Um, grew as a three-point shooter, grew as a playmaker, um, just all-around all scores, an all-star, you know. So he, he's got the cachet to be able to do something. I would love to see a team um, get him on a one-year deal. And and you got your usual suspects for the teams that should be able to do that, right? Like Portland would make sense. Miami would make sense. Golden State would make sense. Boston would make sense. Um, you know, Brooklyn. Any team really, I mean, obviously, too, Los Angeles Lakers, why not just go ahead and grab this dude, too, to throw with your, you know, the Expendables roster that you have assembled right now. So just a guy who can space the floor, who can rebound, who can defend multiple positions, and who can shoot the ball. You can put him in and kind of a P.J. Tucker role almost, you know, where he's just going to be a hustle dude out there, not going to ask him to do too much. Um, obviously has been around the league for a while, has pretty well established, has good relationship with players and coaches alike. I would love to see him sign somewhere where he's going to be competitive. I would love to see Paul Millsap be added. Yeah, I love that. So, Jelani, it's on you before we close out. 
Yeah, shout out to both of those. They they actually were my one and two answers, but I have a third one as well. I'm um I'm surprised these two fan favorites and all star point guards, Alfred and uh Frank from New York Knicks aren't signed. I'm just playing. Um, outside of them, <laughs> Alfred got signed to the Suns. Oh, he yeah, got signed. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did yeah, get signed today. You're right. You're right. You're right. He got signed Frank's, today. Frank's yeah. still waiting, but uh, Frank, yeah. Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes, isn't that what y'all call him in New York? Frankie, Frankie Smokes. Well, he's in the in the what in the gold medal game, right? Isn't France in the finals? Yeah, France. Yeah. They, matter of fact, yeah. 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 So he might. Come you know, not that he Frankie plays, but. I know, right? He might but, ball out, Frankie Smokes. Yeah, Max mine actually. Uh, mine's actually I'm not too too surprised, just because of the injury bug that's been plaguing him. But you know, um, got traded from your Miami Heat last year with Houston, but unrestricted now. Avery Bradley, I think mm. he'd be solid for another team as well. Just gonna say, lot like a you know a little bit of a lockdown perimeter guy. He can he can you know play typically defense on your point guard or shooting guard, wherever he's hot at the time. He can also knock down few shots as well. And he's still relatively young. I didn't even realize he's only 30 years old. So like I said, the injury bug, I think is the reason why, obviously, um, you know, he hasn't really been that healthy the past few seasons, but I think he just like all these other guys would very, do very, very well on a continuing type team. Um, maybe going, I think so we've already said it, you know, going to LA, maybe Brooklyn, just, just a place to where he can find a little bit of a role of a kind of a, in a sense, a three and D guy. Um, you know, lock up when you're one of the opposing teams, you know, best shooters, best scorers, and then sits in the corner, whatever the case may be, and, you know, throw them up as well. But that's that's the guy I'm going with. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I definitely agree with all the y'alls. I mean, there's a few players. Like, every player we named, I'm really surprised. You know, a week into free agency, teams, like I said, teams are starting to round out uh, what, they, what their roster is going to look like. They have a spot here or two. Uh, you know, and even players starting to see <clears throat> who they really ultimately could think has a chance at the championship. You know, Avery Bradley might be looking at that. You know, like Chris said, JJ might be looking at that. We know he was interested in Brooklyn in the first place, but these guys are coming towards the end of their careers, respectively, especially a guy like JJ. And I mean, the one thing you'd love to cap off, you know, in his career is winning a championship. So I, I definitely agree. You know, that's why I, I think I'm just surprised JJ hasn't really decided ultimately who he feels like gives him. Even with a surgery, I'm surprised certain teams is like, you know, I can cash and stash J.J. Reddick for later, but at least I guarantee that my team is the team that has him on the roster and not another team that can knock me out for a championship. But, you know, fellas, I appreciate y'all for coming on. We're closing out here the show on Dash Radio on the Nothing But Net channel. So before we go, I want to make sure y'all go follow all these lovely men's shows. So, Steven, I'm going to start with you. Plug in your show and where everybody can find you. Well, you know, Mo, obviously big shout out to you for having me on today. Really appreciate the time. Um, if you want to follow me, you can hit me up on Twitter at Steven BTG, which stands for Breaking the Game, the name of the show that you just listened to before you listen to Mo's show, before mm-hmm. you listen to Chris's show, before you listen to the Hoopers later on tonight. So um, if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, Steven BTG, if you want to follow the show, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, that's at BTG NBA Pod. Go and support the podcast anywhere you get your podcast. Look up Breaking the Game. Like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs. Shout out to my bookie and shout out to Manscaped, two great sponsors. Um, for more information, just hit me up. Listen to the shows. All the promo details are in all the episodes. Appreciate you, man. 
Yeah, 100% real quick before we get to you, Jelani. Make sure you go to mybookie.ag. That is their website using promo code off the ball. They match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. So any of you gambling fans who love to try and make money, you know, big bank, take little bank. So why not do it with my bookie and your friends at off the ball? Because we got winning, you know, we got my guy Kenneth who has winning golf articles. Mm-hmm. We got guys who are steering you in the right directions of sports that you may not know about. But if you're a betting man, you listen to them because they're up. Kenneth is up with the past seven weeks in a row uh, in golfing. We got guys, you know, my guy Pat, football season is coming up. And my guy Pat has you covered in UFC. Football season is coming up. He's going to have you in football. So why not go to my book and get acclimated with all of us at Off the Ball Network to ultimately create you a gambling account because we only steer you in a winning direction. But with that being said, Jelani, where can everybody find you? Yes, sir. Appreciate it again, Mo. Um, you know, love being on, you know, love being on your show. Definitely have fun today. Um, especially talking Julius Randle, whether he lost or won today. But uh, you can follow me. Uh, personal is G the First. Podcast is WTGMTM Podcast. Um, we're doing NFL Smack Talk Smackdowns right now. So if you're an NFL fan, you want to see your team get represented by, uh, you know, one of the, the great cast members that we have, um, you know, representing the team, definitely check that out. Uh, shout out again to Mo and Chris. You know, they got into it a little bit on our NFC show on Wednesday. Uh, but it's always lovely when you get the, the VP and the Prez on on one episode. But, again, appreciate you for having me on today, Mo. Yeah, 100%, bro. And, like, everybody <laughs> needs to check out that SmackDown. I mean, that's, you know, every team is represented in the NFL. And we ultimately are going to hear fans or analysts battle it out to hear whether their team is going to win their division, win the Super Bowl, win a game in the playoffs. It's all aspects of it from every team. So definitely make sure you go check that out. And then, you know, obviously, Jelani, you got great content coming. Make sure you go check out what the game means to me. Uh, football season coming around, which means the two-minute drill going to be coming from Jelani. And also, he's our TikTok superstar mm. on Off the Ball Network. So make sure you go check out his TikToks. I'm sure with the 75th anniversary of the NBA, they're going to be releasing new jerseys. Which means Jelani's going to have New Jersey <laughs> rankings. And a lot of people didn't love them, and a lot of people liked them last year. But no matter what, they viewed them, they hate on them or love them. So to close out, my guy Chris LeBron, the president, El Presidente of Off the Ball Network, the man with the plan, the guy that's made all this happen. Where can they follow you and what they got to look forward to? Yeah, so thanks for having me on again, bro. This was a lot of fun, as usual, chopping up with all you guys. Uh, you can follow me, Off the Ball Pod, on, on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, follow me on the YouTube. I got off the ball podcast on YouTube shows available on all podcast platforms. Like I'm also on, obviously I'm, uh, following you up right after I'm on noon. Uh, yeah, right. Noon, right. Got my time zones. <laughs> you know, it's right, time. Right? You mess up my time zones. You, you, you central people in your West 12, 12, 12 Eastern, 12 noon. Um, I'm on nothing but net. And uh, catch me on the 2K shows. And, and uh, we're coming up. Uh, if you guys listen now, uh, we'll be having our one-year anniversary show for Off the Ball Network. So uh, tune in, you know, tonight. Um, and uh, on follow, uh, the show will be broadcast on the Off the Ball Network Twitter, OTB underscore network on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you know, whatever channel. We'll, we're going to have a nice little fun celebration. Just chop it up, talk about all the good things. Um, all the wild things and uh you know uh we'll we'll sing happy birthday to off the ball. We're gonna have a little cake. Everyone's gonna bring a little cupcake. 
and uh, we'll have some fun. <laughs> but uh, appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, one hundred percent. So make sure y'all go check out. All my guys, I mean, the dope content is coming from all directions, you know. So if you're supporting me, make sure you support them because they hold my head above water. With what they bring to the table, I got to make sure I match. I'm never outdo, but I at least got to make sure I carry my weight and bringing it to the table for Off The Ball Network. And on that note, I appreciate everybody listening on Dash Radio and on the Nothing But That channel. And on that note, Up In Flames is out.